Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I am Ross Bolin, here as always with Mr. Barrett Dudley. B-Dub, what's good? Oh, not too much. Just throwing it back to an old high school nickname after we were reminiscing on old high school stories in the group chat, such as the time when you ran out of gas on Briar Forest. Hey, it's going to be a throwback day. And also, yeah, just just re-watching Kanye in uh, in the good old days, so... We are here today to discuss a, a very polarizing figure, Ah, one Kanye West, as yes. it relates to Netflix's three-part documentary, Genius, a Kanye Trilogy. And if you're wondering why I said it in a funny way and are somehow disconnected from pop culture entirely, it is spelled J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S. It's the phonetical spelling of genius, And right? let's, let's start there. Why? <laughs> Because I, I kept waiting for a moment when it would like really make sense. I guess there was the line where somebody says to him, genius, like you're a genius. Like I can't remember who it was. It's some legendary R- Rhyme rap. Fest, right? Rhyme Fest, there you they're go. T- they're, they're having that little conversation about yeah. what a genius is and who gets to call themselves a genius, essentially. Yeah, so um, I guess it relates to that. But I, I think so. And then I think, I don't know, it's kind of a reflection of Kanye, right, as well? Like the, the two, kind of two part two syllable i mean honestly one of the more th- shocking things to come forth from this documentary for me was that we've I, we just say kanye we just say kanye and a lot of people and his mom from the early days including his own mother kanye, says, kanye. Like, like with emphasis on the yay but also i challenge you kanye try to say it like that and then also say his last name all in one fell swoop kanye west Kanye West. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it doesn't it doesn't work to say to say somebody's like think about like announcing him at the Grammys, right? Yeah. And the winner is Kanye West. Like that it just does not flow. Like and even I noticed that even as the as time progresses a little bit, like he says Kanye sometimes. Yeah. And like there's a little bit of it in there. There's right? like a little bit on the why. But but, the, but, but he does not say it like shy. his mom. People from like the beginning, his yeah. family and friends from the beginning, say it very distinctly in a yeah. different way than anyone I've ever heard say yes. it. Yeah, Kudi especially the, uh, the the narrator and director or co-director of of the trilogy, the man with the camera, really lays it on thick. Yeah, and I are, are we? Do you just want to dive in? Do you just want to dive in? Yeah, but let's start. Like we're in a spot where I, I it's a very interesting facet of the documentary to me because it comes up his name comes up a lot. And this documentary, Act 1, came out pretty recently. He had changed his name legally to Ye. To Ye. And then yeah. one of the actual scenes we get in Part 1 or 2, I can't remember, may have begin, been beginning of Part 2 of Act 2. Um, he's in the hotel and he's getting ready to go to this, uh, this rap convention mm-hmm. that he's been invited to speak at for the first time. And he used to sneak into that, so it's a big deal for him. It's in Chicago. There's all these legends there. Yep. And they put his name as Kanye, not Kanye West. And he says, like, that's how you know you're still in the house. And I like, I, there's, look, this is my white ass reading into this, but I think what he means is, like, when people see you back at the crib, like, people you grew up with, like, you're just Kanye to them. <laughs> you're not yeah, Kanye yeah. West. You're just Kanye to them, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of, like, he felt like it was disrespectful. And he was saying how he wants to get to a place where he's famous enough to where he can just go by his first name. Yeah. And then the fascinating part is obviously that he had actually not only gone by just his first name, where most people, if you said Kanye, everybody knew who you were talking about, the whole world. But then also he dropped three letters off that motherfucker and just made it yay. Yeah. Which is, yeah. It's, it's just wild in, you know. But anyway, let, let's like, to frame things up also, 
with where we're at, just present day with Kanye, there has been nothing but drama of the worst kind. Yeah, where are we with for Kanye, weeks with, and weeks and weeks? Kanye. I mean, he's he's actively <laughs> harassing his now legally ex-wife, yeah. who he's still in the midst of a custody and divorce battle with, which he has essentially, as far as I can tell, refused to be a participant in. Right. Yes. Um, she is dating Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live and a King of Staten Island fame. In in what I would now describe as a seemingly serious relationship. Quite serious relationship, very quickly, um, straight out of the, the several-year marriage to Mr. West. Like, I'm not saying that this thing's going to last, like, a, like, another year. But, but it looks is, like it could. This has already lasted a lot longer than I think anybody thought it would. Which, I would argue, part of it is that Kanye has driven them closer together. I, believe, I, I think he, that's he, probably he accurate. He has played this <laughs> as poorly as you can. Yeah. In terms yeah. of a, um, you know an ex who's trying to get your person back like this is as poorly as you can play it what he's done like did, making a music video for easy the the song with him uh -huh. in the game yeah where it's claymation and he like buries pete davidson alive uh -huh. it, it just that just wasn't the move and then he 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 was making fun of like dl hughley's if outfit on instagram anybody got, who stands up for got, kim he got banned on instagram that for was day. for using a racial slur against, against trevor, trevor noah, noah. I mean, he's completely derailed. What, now, was the racial? I actually didn't see it. Was the racial slur like one that I'm familiar with? Um, yeah, but not one that you would think would get him banned for. For it's like what the point that I made on my show, the Ross Bolin podcast, is like I, as a white dude, I don't know what black people are and aren't allowed to use in terms of those words with each other. Got it, okay. right? Like, and it's one that's obscure. I'll just say that. Okay, um, but at least for white people, but. Um, He's, he's attacking anybody that defends Kim. Both D.L. Hughley and Trevor Noah have stood up and done bits, or in Trevor's case, a very long diatribe or letter to Kanye of some kind. I yeah. read the thing. I didn't hear it. Um, basically calling him on his shit. Yeah. That he is actively stalking and harassing his ex is not a good thing. And that he's doing it so publicly, while clearly, which ties back into the documentary here, what we see in Act 3 is his departure from reality. And uh, him really, really struggling with bipolar and the, the mental health issues that cropped up for him, starting, in my opinion, with his mother's passing. Yeah, so you, I, you're probably a good person to, to at least speak with some bit of knowledge about the, the mental health stuff. Yeah. Are things like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder, like all of those things, any manic, manic depression, like all the stuff that maybe Kanye walks toes the line of or walks right up and blows past like with the bipolar I, th I think is, is yeah that's full-blown pretty documented yeah. diagnosed that he yeah. is bipolar is that something that like can sneak up on you or happen after a series of events or is it something that is that's always inside just waiting to kind of like be triggered like do you it's like, both so for a lot of people it's that they have the genetic capacity for these mental health issues, and then something in their life, a significant event, okay. will trigger them. Like, yeah. so in my case, it was weird because I started having panic attacks and panic disorder on the most, what should have been relieving day of my life, where I turned 21 years old, got <laughs> off probation after three and a half years, and it should have been easy peasy from there. I was yeah. in college, I was living the good life. And it like reversed that, right? It was like a reversal response, yeah. but... For Kanye and for a lot of people like Kanye, in your late 20s, early 30s is when you're really 
in a place where if there's a significant okay. life event, it can create mental health issues. Okay. Like um, if you already had the genetic predisposition for those issues, in a lot of cases, something can trigger them to come forth and really be something that affects you on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yep. So if you watch, when you get to get to the documentary with Act One, it's not like Kanye, day one, 17 years old, was a totally normal cat. Like, he was definitely out there. <laughs> he's Kanye. Right? I mean, I mean that's, he's Kanye. that's what's fun he, about, it's definitely one of the most fun pieces, especially about Act One, is like, you. we know Kanye now, you see 17-year-old Kanye, and there are lots of things that are still the same or at yeah. least related or versions right of, of it yeah, yeah. you see like you just, see all of kanye now in kanye then yes. except it's like a distorted funhouse fun mirror version of it yes yeah. and and the the real simple version of the story overall is like this guy was one of the most wildly talented musical people on the face of the earth and he also had with that probably one of the biggest egos on the face of the earth and the only thing that kept that second part in check was a woman named Donda West. Yeah. And the second she passed from the earth, he was lost. Yeah. And he never recovered. And it's a very, very sad story for that reason. One of the first things you and I discussed about the documentary was why Cootie chose to narrate it. I think the way you put it was like Morgan Freeman in a Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Which he and the, re- the he reason does the though, entire time. <laughs> yeah. And the reason though, the reason he chose that narration style, in my opinion, is because it is a sad story. Because yeah, yeah. It is not now he I will say this about Act Three. Cootie tries to put this like sort of positive he doesn't like go full blown, hey everybody, Kanye lost no, it. No, absolutely he go he comes he out of paints it from a around friend. the edges, yep, right? Yep, he turns yep. off the camera multiple times when Kanye goes into manic rants, which I think was the right move. Nobody needs to see that. It's not appropriate and it's not that that as somebody who has experienced manic episodes, you're not you. You don't know what you're saying. Like, you know what you're, you think you do. You believe with all of your being yeah. that you're still present and accounted for. And nobody can even tell you, like, hey, man, you're not here right now. Like, you're, you're having an episode. You're not okay. You're like, fuck you. That just deepens your belief right. that you're okay. So there's nothing you can do but turn it off. Like, you got to turn the camera off. And yeah. he did turn it off multiple times, um, but he doesn't really present what I would say is a devastating version of Kanye to us, which is very there to be presented. Like, he he shows you without spitting in Kanye's face. Yes. The documentary opens with footage of him rapping nonsense bars for a reason. Because he wants you to see the difference between 2022 Kanye, who when he flows, it's like this. So clothes. He only hits the last word. Mm-hmm. That's not a freestyle. <laughs> That's just fucking nonsense words. The difference between that and the dude who would come up with bars for for through the wire, for Jesus Walks, like on the spot that yep. were that were industry changing. Yeah. The difference between those two people is is sickness yeah um and i think that i i I honestly think that the documentary is probably better off for the soft the soft touch yes because cootie is obviously essentially a a, a, you know a lifelong friend he he in a weird weird way though right like yeah but like yes but he he was not necessarily hired as a like 
cold-blooded documentarian. You know what I mean? Like these guys had a relationship. They built a relationship. Kanye brought him into the crew. And as he's filming that, the documentary, which essentially is, and I didn't really know this going in, but you, you, you'll gather it pretty quickly once you're into this second episode. The documentary is mostly and was supposed to be mostly essentially about Kanye's rise. His attempt. Up, up, into the, up to the college dropout where he gets nominated for 10 Grammys, wins three of them, and is like a smashing success. And the next thing you know, he's in the studio doing a sophomore album with Diddy and Game. Right. Yeah. Like it's like he's the that, darling of the industry yes, after so that, that debut. That's the documentary. And then, you know, Cootie says it's like, little did I know, like, what would happen from here? Like, <laughs> yeah, we thought, wasn't even we it. thought it was over. Like he reached the top of the mountain. He, did he goes on to have a long, great career. Happily ever happily after. Ever right? after right? N- not so much. But so those first two episodes, which are all about college I mean, dropout. But that's what gives it all the more layers, though, bro, because it's like everybody ever who's wanted to be famous ever. Has that blind goal, right? But what you don't really think about as a person is what at what cost, right? Celebrities constantly try to get us to think about this. They're constantly bitching about how, yeah. how much it sucks, how much it's not worth it, how much, fa- especially musicians, how much they wish they were back at the fucking bar <laughs> performing for 20 people or whatever with no worries in the world. Um, but that's, that's the beauty of this documentary. It shows you this man who had this dream. He wanted to be the greatest rapper alive. He was born with the ability to produce. He used it to get into the industry, could not be taken seriously as a, as a rapper. They wouldn't even let him. And I want to get to that with you, too. We because, will. We will. Yeah, but he, they wouldn't even let him in. He forces his way in, and he becomes, like, in so many ways, he is the next Michael Jackson. He used to say it, and we would be like, that's the craziest fucking thing. This guy needs to shut up. He's nuts. Why would you call yourself the next Michael Jackson? Yeah. It's like saying you're the next Game of Thrones. Nobody gets to call that. It either happens or it doesn't. But he was right. <laughs> like, he's, that's the thing about him that's so fascinating. Like, he's never missed. Not with his work. Like, even with the more recent incorporating all the religion and the, and the Christianity into it. Like, he's still making music that makes me pay attention more than most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the last, the, the stretch of the last three or four albums is debatable. But... Well, and it's but, it's also marred in mental illness. That's yeah, the other side of but it. Is nobody, like, no, I don't think. I mean, you know, and this is a a, a whole other podcast. Yeah, I, I, for me, and obviously, like we are of the generation and two massive Kanye fans, especially when it comes down to the music. But when you look at the discography from College Dropout, like let's just run. It's College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation, 808s and Heartbreak, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Watch the Throne. <laughs> The life of uh, the life of Pablo. Like, like, come on, no, nobody does that. Nobody's nobody, gonna touch that like, for a th- long those time. Seven absolute. Oh, I, and I missed. Uh, I missed Jesus. Oh yeah, eight. Yeah, eight absolute class, like inarguable, classics. inarguable classic yeah. albums in a row. He didn't. He did not miss for eight in a row. And then we get into the the yay uh, Jesus yay, is King Don to Don to two, which, which are, are I mean yay the literal have, album cover says something about being bipolar yeah, on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway, the, I think that I think that Cootie being somewhat of a friend and having that respect for him is is good for the documentary as a whole because it does soften the edges and I think allows us to like remember to to pull a phrase that we've used a bunch of times and he has himself the old Kanye, sure, and, and kind of like like wish for better for 
for new Kanye rather than just like because if you look, if it was just if it was no holds barred, if it was just like a devastating look at a man like lost to mental illness, essentially, mm-hmm. like that's it, just almost like one, I think it's it's too depressing. And two, it doesn't do it, it doesn't like give credit where it's due for what he accomplished with the eight albums I just mentioned. Yeah. And the, and, the, and and that we're not we haven't even touched on like what he did sneaker wise and fashion wise, which is also it, it is ridiculously almost equally as impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is equally as impressive to me at this point with what he's done with Adidas and now the gap. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Puffy jackets were the start, I suppose. But with Adidas alone, like that is nobody. Dude, you and I grew up watching rappers try to try make to waves sneakers. in the fashion yeah. industry. Yeah. Diddy, uh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z, G-Unit. I mean, everybody yeah. that made it to the A-list of Eminem made shoes. Everybody had shoes. They were all fucking terrible. <laughs> they were terrible. And they weren't good. No, and, or, nothing or, was it, good. They didn't. Those dudes, none of them ever had like... Kanye says it in the first act. He's like, I want to be the best dressed rapper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he did that. Like that's <laughs> another, or he keeps doing shit that he says. And I'm like, I can't fucking deny he's, he speaks yeah. that shit into existence. He manifests like nobody I've ever seen, but he actually did enter the fashion industry and he really, really did become part of like an incredibly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, Virgil and him were like best friends. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's a ridiculous crew. Yeah. Of talent that he was a part of, that he was a central point of focus for. And I mean, it just, it, that the shoes are legit. As a dude who owns like 30 pairs of Yeezys, <laughs> <laughs> they're incredible. I fucking love them. There's not many things I love. I, I, I buy a lot of sneakers. And uh, Jordans were like the shoe that I grew up on, that you and I grew up as like the hottest sneakers. Yeah. And we, you and I both bought Jordans when we were little kids and looked like fucking idiots. And I think your mom maybe wouldn't let you get... They, she wouldn't let me get the 11s. The 11s, yeah, uh-huh. which is still a the, sad story. The Concord but, 11s. Very, yeah. very sad story in my life. Yeah. So now you got to own them as an adult. <laughs> um, but like Jordans, it's just, they, they weren't like fashion friendly shoes. Right, yeah. And that's what Kanye created with Yeezy, the, or with the... With the what are they called? Yeezys. Yeezys, Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Um, that we didn't really have before. And it just, it just he just changed multiple games, which is a diff- difficult thing to do as an artist. And that's why I do genuinely believe he is the greatest living artist. I- I'm, I'm in on that camp. I know he's a genius. I've seen what the guy has done in both music and in fashion, and I think it's undeniable. Yep. The part about him that's also undeniable and is very clear cut in this documentary is that he's an abrasive figure. I mean, there's a reason he struggled so much to get into the doors of Rockefeller. And it's because guys were annoyed by him. <laughs> he's off-putting, especially if he hasn't already proven that he's the greatest, right? If he's being him and he ha- and there's no reason for you to respect that, holy God, I can see how he would be annoying. And those guys didn't want to put up with it. And they were sort of a gangster label, dude. Like, people looked at Rockefeller and were like, these guys are not to be fucked with. And Kanye was this goofy, like, making punchy comedic lines about social issues, wearing polos and backpacks and shit. Like, it didn't fit in with the brand. Yeah, one of the the craziest things, I think, in the first part is uh, about how, like, really he should have... The, the the label they should have signed his ass is was it called Renegade or something, something like the that. one with most F and to live quality yeah I don't know why they they passed. were all about it and they like loved the music and were behind yeah, it and nope, then like sorry. somebody was like no we're not doing it and then he's basically he basically like forces a deal 
He makes them out of Dame out of yes. Dame Dash. Like he has they to don't, force because it. they don't want to lose his beats, dude. <laughs> now that part like, of it was fascinating. They have this roster of rappers. Guys are passing him in the hallway that I don't even know who they are. They, oh, he you, didn't, they you, didn't even put a label on him. Going, who oh, was yeah. that? Oh, oh, I don't, uh, I don't know. One but dude I do, goes, I, I, "Better I, give I, me my beats." That's right. And yeah. I was like, "Who the fuck was that I do, guy?" I do remember Petey Crack though. I do remember. I remember that Petey name. Crack for sure. <laughs> but they, they clearly, they're like, "All right, we have the hottest producer in the game. He's going to make beats for all of our rappers." And now he's saying he wants to be a rapper. Well, if he succeeds, we're all fucked because we're not going to get any of his beats anymore. He's going to keep the best beats for himself. Yeah, so yeah. They, they gatekeep this motherfucker hard. Very hard. Yeah. I mean, as hard as it D- gets. Dame Dash is kind of an asshole. They bo- Jay-Z and Dame both look like total pricks. And I think there's a reason we don't get any of like Jay-Z and Kanye conversations because I don't think there were very many. Yeah. I get the impression that Jay-Z has always kept him at arm's length to some extent, no matter how much Kanye worshipped him. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I was that That's a really interesting question. There were many steps along the way, kind of in the, you know, in the post-Cootie version of things, post-Donda death, where like he and Kim and Beyonce and Jay were like photographed together, hanging out together. And like, we have no idea how close that relationship was or wasn't. But as I'm sure many of of, uh, of Kanye's fans have been doing recently, like I've just been like going back through his entire catalog. Yep. Um, I mean, all and, like all of his classic albums that you named earlier are back trending on Spotify and shit as yeah. a result of the doc. Um, one of the most interesting songs, may, maybe one of the worst songs on the first off of the first three albums, is the one about Jay Z off on graduation. Big brother. Big brother. I always liked that song. Growing I like that song. I listened to it. Have you listened to it in the in the last few weeks? It's not great. It's weird. It's a weird song. Like it is a it is an ode, like an it's like a worship to of Jay Z basically. Yeah, but it also calls out all these weird issues in their relationship. I know, like That's, their personal yes. ass relationship. Yes. Like used to be Dame and Biggs' brother, and Dame and Biggs were the other two guys who started Rockefeller yeah. with Jay Z. And look, nothing about that story has been pretty in like fifteen years. <laughs> like none of them speak. The whole thing fell apart. Like, basically, Jay-Z was like, I am the guy. I am the talent. Jay-Z Kanye'd in a much more controlled way. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, and it, it, anyway, so I, I, it, it's a good point. We don't actually know. I, there, there, I think there's too much kind of, like, tension between the two of them, and there's too many songs, and there's too many stories for them to not have not had a a somewhat close relationship at some point. I think for definitely with Watch the Throne, if you remember, they made that documentary that went with it. That's right. And they were spending a very significant amount yeah, of time that's together. Right. That's right. But but, but, but maybe this, just for that album. We don't yeah, know. And right. So this era specifically, college dropout labor registration, I think that they were very much, you know, business associates. Right, right. And, and then that probably started to grow as as uh, as Kanye got into the third album. And you can also see but, how it um, motivated him. Like yeah. he definitely followed the Jay Z path in his career. It's just that he, instead of making S. Dot Carters, made Yeezys, and and <laughs> and that's the biggest difference. He's also um, got mental health issues that Jay Z doesn't appear to have. <laughs> Jay's had his own set of issues with him and his wife both releasing one of us cheated albums. Yeah, which yeah. Um, I think that They're both very enjoyable. I would add, man, just like you know, you kind of spoke to 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 his very 
obvious talent and genius from from day one. Yeah. Right? Like, we just know. Look, Cootie walked away from his whole life to film this dude because he saw it. Yeah. And credit to him. Because I, I, it's one of the best, it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen because it's not going to be often that someone has the hindsight to pick up a camera and start filming one of the most famous and talented people in the world from 17 years old. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the the beginning is just like the 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 way that he forces Rockefeller's hand after the accident, where he just like essentially goes gorilla to market himself and film this video for Through the Wire with Cootie, and then I I love I love the scene where they're finally at the video release party, and like Dame begrudgingly walks into the room. <laughs> As Kanye is telling the story about how like Rockefeller wouldn't open up the marketing budget, how damn is fucking him. He spent thirty three thousand dollars of his dollars of his own money to produce this video, and like he like starts to kind of like joke a little bit about it as Dame sits down. But it's just like it it, it that that's a whole nother documentary. I I feel like is the the relationship between Rockefeller and Kanye. Like and and he there's he, a reason Cootie's still he, filming. He was throwing diamonds in the sky on late registration in in Sierra Leone, but like. It's his support of Rockefeller, like the fact that he shouted them out continuously for through through those first three albums is actually astonishing to me because it didn't seem like Rockefeller was all that good to him. I mean, it was almost like an abusive relationship, right? Like, like they're like, no, fuck you. And it just kept making him want it more. Like he just wanted to be. I don't know. It's bizarre. It really is. It's one of the strangest things when looking back because. Kanye did more for Rockefeller yes. as a label than Jay-Z did, Dude. which is really crazy to say, Rock- but he did. Rockefeller's lineup was Memphis Bleak, Freeway, Petey Crack, The Young Guns. Like the only re- I can name all these names because I-, I bought all the albums, even though they were mostly trash. Dude, but like Rockefeller's lineup sucked ass. I used to make fun of Jay. I was like, this guy missed constantly. But yeah. then he found Kanye West. He did, and so I gave him all this credit. And yeah. now that I'm watching the documentary, I'm going, well, he didn't find he didn't Kanye find West. Kanye forced it. Yeah, he yeah. made this man sign him basically. Yeah, and so it is a little bit odd to look at, like the talent pool at Rockefeller is another reason that it's so freaking hysterical in hindsight that they were gatekeeping this guy. Yeah. Because a lot of those rappers are like C-tier or, yeah. or just just unimportant to the you, history you, of the game. You, you, you made a really good point, though, and they, they talk about this, and Kanye talks about this as well, though, that like uh, this was an era, and Rockefeller was a label, that was pushing... Like the like the gangster rap, like the like the the crack music, right? Yeah, and it was ignorant, giga- gigantic Mitchell and Ness jerseys, and uh, I love love looking back on the early two thousands oh, and watching and watching all grown men fully kitted out in sports team uniforms. Fuck yes, dude! Like you had to have the Sixers jersey with the matching Sixers hat. Bro, like Scarface every- is wearing the Kobe Bryant <laughs> the Kobe jersey Bryant. with the Lakers fitted. <laughs> yes. And Kanye's wearing the Nolan the Ryan, Ryan Astros, Astros throwback, yes. and I about shit my pants. But like, also one of the weirdest scenes in the whole doc. It is very. Yeah. He plays two beats for for face. He plays Jesus walks and family um, family reunion. Is it called family reunion? Family reunion, I think, or family business. Family, family business. business. Yeah. And face listens to Jesus walks and goes, "That one's a little hard for me. Like, I can't come up with anything." Yeah. And then instead of doing bars for family business, Ye ends up spitting his verse 
Scarface is like, that was fucking incredible. <laughs> and then Kanye goes, which song do you want me to put on a CD for you? And he goes, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and he walks out. And uh, Face is a weird dude. Like, yeah. I think he might have had a bad day or something. Or, or this is my theory. He heard those beats. He heard Kanye's bars. And Face was one of these guys who was lauded as a rapper, but he was a producer and he always wanted credit and he never got it. And I think he heard the two things together and went, motherfucker, and left. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I think he was like, God fucking damn it. Like, this dude is better than me. And I can't do that. Like, I think that's what happened. So um, but I yeah, love that scene, though. So, uh, Shit was oh yeah so Rockefeller was like yeah they were they were the crack music they were the throwback jerseys they were they were they uh, the whole squad in the music video right like like mobbing yes you know and like thirty people deep in the music video bro con and and there was a very clear distinction between you were either backpack or what is called Kanye calls it like an ice you're an ice rapper basically like your chains you had the chains and shit. right 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 so you were either like Talib Kweli most deaf rhyme fest or you were common was common one of them yeah, yeah. or you were Jay-Z, Freeway, like the rock, you know. All Noticeably the little common love in this documentary to me as well. I thought that was strange. Um, so uh, so he really was like this, he, he was in this new middle ground that he essentially invented and paved the way for Drake and Kid Cudi and like a jillion other rappers. But like, but yeah, the, the, that whole thing was, 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 uh, was super interesting. Um, you brought up Scarface. Should we jump to the, what's the, be the best part of the documentary? What's that? Episode two, episode two. Look, okay. I, I watched a little bit of Get Back, the the Beatles documentary on Disney. It's extremely long. Like each episode of the, of Get Back is like three hours long. Oh God, okay. Um, but I understand the draw of it. Why people, especially massive Beatles fans, love it so much. Right. Like all of the sudden, there is a huge amount of of footage and of videotape of of one of the greatest bands of all time and one of the most famous of all time making an album. Right. Like, this is not shit you ever thought that you would be able to see or that you were even supposed to see. Right. It's like this nitty-gritty, like... It, it's behind the, the scenes, behind the scenes look stuff. into this world that changed right. the world. And it, and so that that's incredible. So, like you said, I, 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 am, I am sitting on a couch like a giddy fucking kid that Cootie has the camera on as Kanye West essentially bum, ru bum rushes the studio to get time with fucking Ludacris and Pharrell. Yeah. He's at Jamie Foxx's own personal studio to do slow jams. And that run in part two, where he is just, where he does not have the budget open from Rockefeller, and he is just going from studio to studio, traipsing around city to city, studio to studio, Hooking up with all these Borrowing artists. time, too, yeah. When he, wa when he walks out to Ludacris's G-Wagon, dude, I, I, I'm just like, I'm like having head explosions because this is this is not something I ever thought that I was going to see, see yeah. or I was supposed to see. This is the music that was like, this is our formative music, man. This is what we were bumping in our stupid two 12-inch two kicker comps in the back of our trucks in high school, man. Like, this I is- so much money on speakers. I, I cannot- like and here it is right here in 2002 fucking ludicrous right off of you know chicken and beer or whatever it was or what's your fantasy or, or whichever one it might have been i mean he's one of the hottest rappers in the world yeah yeah and he's and, and he was disrespectful and what is he like smoking weed in the g-wagon before he goes to the studio he's like, like hey man i'm finishing up in here fuck off 
<laughs> he fucking straight up tells the dude, like, get the fuck away from me with the camera. I'm still doing my but thing. But then watching him just come in to do the breathe in, breathe out chorus, and then he's just like, all right, what's up then? And like, uh, but then the Pharrell scene. Okay, the coolest scenes the, in the, the documentary the, are all revolving around... It's like a who's who of hip hop yes, legends. Yes. Like w- the first time he meets Pharrell, and Pharrell's like, "Hey, man, you killed those tracks on Blueprint or whatever." That's not what he says, but I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, that shit was tight, but it doesn't compare at all to when he plays fucking through the wire for Pharrell, and Pharrell's putting it together. Like you see him start to get into it, and he's yeah. like, oh, "Okay, this song goes, this song goes." But then by the time the last bar comes out, when it finally clicks for him, like. Through the wire. Through the wire, yeah. Oh, and he runs out of the studio. Dude. Like, he runs down the hallway, and that dude, like, he just knows talent. Everybody knows this about Pharrell. He knows talent. He knows, like, he just, he's a he's one of the greats. Yes. He's, like, he's yes. a Kanye-level artist. Yep. He's another one of the guys who's had great success in fashion as well. He is an icon in multiple industries, not just one. Um, but seeing that, 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 that is, that's the, you put it perfectly. It's shit. I never thought I would get to see. That's what made this thing so magical is you're like, you're watching history, historic music moments that you never thought you'd get to see. So if you're a fan, oh, it's, it's porn. This is porn to it, me. It, no, it is. Like it, I, it, it borderline aroused me. I was trying at multiple to, I, points. I was trying to craft a tweet to like express it, but I, I was like a week behind on the release date and I couldn't I couldn't quite come up with the words but I was just like this is like this is millennial male crack essentially yeah. if you were because most of us are 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 pretty big Kanye fans that's like we we are the guy you know what I mean it's like 35 yeah. year old huge dudes, Kanye fans essentially is yeah. that that's who's and I realized that the that the fans go a lot younger than us too but like we are the the core original base. This shit came out when yeah, we were in we high were school. Yeah, we were 16, 17, 18 and, and years old. And we rode with him through all of our 20s, essentially. So, like, yeah, this is just, this is crack, man. This is porn. This is, like, I I am, I just had the, a shit-eating grin on my face watching him in that studio with Ludacris and Pharrell and and uh, and and Jamie Foxx. Dude, Jimmy doing the, Fox's doing the slow jam thing that didn't get, in, didn't get used were hysterical. He basically was just naming all his favorite like uh, old school yeah, R&B yeah. artists and shit <laughs> and then Kanye picked the ones that he wanted yeah um, but hearing him just like trying to flow off of random names was so funny dude like I mean it was I will watch this again I've already watched every part technically more than once because <laughs> when they would come out I would run them back before the next part came out because I was just like and also I, there's just not that many things like this man like for hip hop there aren't that many things like this that I can go watch and right. get a full-blown behind-the-scenes in bear. I don't know if you remember. I wanted to bring this up before I forget. When you and I were kids, growing up in Houston, when Houston hip-hop really hit its like heyday with Mike Jones and Paul Wall and Chameleon Air and Slim Thug and all these Swisher House guys yeah. crushing it and making it nationally, Paul Wall being on uh, late that, registration blows it, my fucking mind. It's insane. In it hindsight. It's literally insane that Paul Wall... Got a feature verse on late registration. And it's a good song. Drive Slow is yeah. a good, it's a tight it's a, song. It's a good track. Um, but what was my <laughs> point? Where was I? You didn't want to forget what you were about to say. Oh, shit. Oh, they would drop these Swisher House like documentaries mm. with albums where it was like behind the scenes looks at like the album being put together and yeah. made. And it's hilarious because that's about the time Cootie was picking up the camera yeah, to yeah. start. And that was a very big element of hip hop back in the 90s. It was like this like video cameraing everything like 
you can tell it wasn't that weird that this dude had no. a camera with yep. him everywhere for 20 years. That's like right. at the beginning, you're thinking to yourself, like, wouldn't everybody be like, bro, get the fuck out of here? <laughs> yeah, nobody. nobody. Nobody seems to give a shit. None of the rappers care. None of the stu- people in the studio Thank care. Thank God. Young Guru, who's doing the Jay-Z beat when, when Kanye kind of like drops the bars and like gets on that Jay-Z record. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're all just like totally, totally cool. With the camera being on, just running the entire time. But it's one of those things we're watching it. It's like when I watched Bo Burnham's Inside. I went, okay, but is there anybody who likes this as much as I do? Like watching this, like talking right now. I'm like, are, are a lot of people listening? Like y'all are cheesing out. Like this wasn't nah, that good. There, nah, there's because, there's plenty. Of, there's plenty of other people that okay. are nerding out. Because I'm not this. I'm not being exaggerative when I say it's like it's not an oxymoron. This was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life, and I've watched a lot of different <laughs> shit. But I've never watched anything that took a pivotal icon from my tenure on this earth and gave me a full blown look into how he became that guy. Yeah, and that's and I, I mean that that's what I'm saying. Like the like those moments in the studio with Pharrell with Ludacris, you, you just like I cannot fucking believe that he had the camera on for this. How <laughs> how lucky are we? I know that he was that he was shooting the film Emmys. They need to give him Emmys. I mean, like the you know the 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 and just every everything is. Just, I just can't like Pharrell. He is he's even wearing the yellow mesh nerd trucker hat that everybody you know like in cocked sideways. He's got the other members just, of NERD around like, and shit. Yes, just like but just, like just like in the lap dance video, he's got the fucking hat on. Like this is this is so insane that he and and I mean. Yeah, it, it, you and I are getting giddy just talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeez, yeah, right, we, I have I have some more stuff to say. And I want us to get to more, but I want to okay. get through our ad real quick. Today's episode is brought to you by Felix Gray Glasses. I've been working on the internet for over a decade now, spending like ten hours a day staring at screens, and my eyes get worn the hell out. And when I'm done with work, I like to relax by watching my favorite shows and movies and gaming, all of which involve screens. So a couple few years ago, when I was introduced to Felix Gray, everything changed. These glasses are the quality of designer frames. This isn't some cheap blue light coating painted over them that's going to chip off never happens no chipping no cheapness just incredible quality designer frames that are stylish and functional as they protect your eyes from all the blue light that the screens we all rely upon emit five years ago felix gray set out to create eyewear that would improve daily screen time and since then felix gray has been on a mission to create a better relationship with technology their lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time Tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. There is no cutting back on screen time if you're like Barrett and I, but you can do your eyes a solid and get yourself some Felix Grays to get relief from those headaches or dry eyes, blurry vision, and what have you that occurs over the course of your workday. I've got like six pairs now. My favorite frames for y'all to check out are the Faraday, the Nash, and the West. They've got non-prescription and prescription available. Spend the rest of 2022 with your eyes feeling right and tight. Use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com OCC to support the show and get free shipping free returns and free exchanges that's f-e-l-i-x-g-r-a-y glasses.com slash o-c-c free shipping free returns free exchanges felixgrayglasses.com slash o-c-c um okay so to jump back into the documentary for a few more minutes yeah another one of the most incredible elements of it was obviously like look i've heard about donda west for the majority of my life now um his first album has song i mean he speaks about his mom through all of his catalog yes And uh, this is the first time I've really gotten to see footage of Donda spending time with Kanye that wasn't on a red carpet, it wasn't on Oprah, it wasn't an interview, it was informal, it was behind the scenes, and you really got to look into why that relationship mattered as much as it did. Uh, It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's. 
it paints a pretty unbelievable picture in that way where you you just like know you understand why her death what did derailed what it did him. yeah to 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 him because from the first what, what, scene you get with him you can yeah. see you're like oh okay well yep. yep all right that explains that and and we've talked about how you know just like in casual conversation about like what's going on with this dude like how there's there's just no way that he has anybody anywhere close to his camp that like says no to him right or checks his ass well so or let's, like let's or, touch on that or because does any of that and that's, that's you what, see the crew I thought that was an important part of part three, act three. The crew he's in the Dominican Republic with, I believe it is, mm-hmm. that includes Rhyme Fest, I think, uh, okay. or Quest Fest or Love Rhyme, or it's not Quest Love. It's not Quest Love. There's no. an old rapper out there with him. Okay. And he'll he'll be like, all right, turn on the turn on the beat. And Kanye's like sitting outdoors under this canopy with like ten other dudes around him, and everybody's doing all kinds of different shit, working on Yeezys, working on music. And there's nothing around, no soundproofing. He just has a microphone in his hand, right? And he starts doing what I was doing earlier. Some of them in clothes, some of them in a hose. He does that over a few bars, and then everybody around him is like, "You fucking crushed that, my man. <laughs> Best verse I've ever heard, rapped." Print it, that's a song. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? I sat there and thought about that for days. Because I finally saw the sycophants, yeah, right? In yeah. my mind. But then it occurred to me, I don't think that's what's happening. I think there is a group of people around him who care about him enough that know there is no other option. All you can do at this point with somebody that far gone is try to appease them and keep them well. And I think if they went, hey, bro, you can't rap anymore. You're fucking garbage. He would kill himself. So it's like there's an element of protecting Kanye to that group that I think I failed to recognize before that is there. Because nobody, like I'm not some rap phenomenon or legend. And I listen to his music and I can tell you what's good and what's not. And there's no fucking way those people that close to him don't know, oh my God, this is garbage. Like this dude cannot make bars anymore. So I think there's that piece to it. But to get back to his mom, like when you see the scenes where she's like, oh, Kanye, you know that one verse I really love you used to do? And then she starts freestyling it. She's like, I walk through the halls of the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and does the whole, you know, and she's like, oh, I forget. And he's like, he jumps in with her. Yep. I mean, if you watch that and don't almost cry, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And then when they do Hey Mama together, together? Yeah. I was just like, I can't even bro. Yeah. I can't. And she she seemed like such a special lady and she also seemed like she had a feel for the issues her son had and knew things to say to him in a way that wasn't abrasive that would get him to recognize. Like that whole speech about you know Kanye, a giant looks in the mirror and sees nothing. And everybody watching is like, the fuck does that even mean? I mean, it rung true to him on some level. And mm-hmm. I think she had messages like that that could keep him in check or keep him, you know, he took her seriously. He went, you think yeah. I'm a little too like Full of myself? You, can you see 2022 Kanye West fucking asking that question? Right. He will right. never ask it again. No. It died with that woman. And so to see all the f- scenes with his mom, with Donda West, is so cool. I thought the way they did her death was appropriate. I was not trying to get too deep into like the doctor like what or happened. what happened yeah. or why. The point was what happened and how it impacted this man. Yeah, the the they definitely do not touch on that, which again is probably the the most respectful decision. I, I thought you know we're we're sitting here talking about it, so I think it's okay for us to to bring stuff up. I thought 
One of the interesting things to me was that we see her in like pre-college dropout years. And then we see her as Kanye is like getting ready to do graduation tour. And sh- she is obviously like ha- has ha- has a new look. She's leaned into it for sure. She's leaned into it. Like all that, all of that, you know, she's. Yeah, yeah. She's, you thought she wouldn't like this shit. You thought the woman that birthed the dude who loves fame and fortune more than anyone ever. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, it, I, I kind of she, liked seeing it. I was like, all right. Yeah, she's uh, she is running full steam ahead with this foundation. It would seem uh, highly involved the, in his highly career, involved. almost she's, his manager. She is his business manager at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So it's that that was all. That that's an interesting layer on it that they don't really touch on because there has been a shift with her as well. She's still the same mom, still able to offer all those same things to, for him that nobody else can. But she says in an interview, right, like that that where somebody asks, she's like, "Yeah, the parenting's over. Like I'm, you know, I'm like this is it. it he turned out pretty well, right? Right. And there, it, it's just an interesting, like she didn't stay the same kind of low Down key, humble right, right. Chicago." mom either right and so it, that, that's and just maybe a, she a, never was on it's, some it's level a, it's another piece of the tragedy that like a, that that what got her was like a, a lean into the vanity of the lifestyle and it that, like it, that i mean that, that it worked that, that sucks like that's, that that her pushing that kid got them both to the position that ultimately led to her demise and his derailing yeah. is the great tragedy of it right like that that no matter how you look at their story, you can't get to the part where they did it, and then it and then it fell apart. Yeah, I mean, without you, you you can't ignore that. It's just it's it's crazy. It's really really sad, but also just incredible and just an amazing feat that that dude accomplished. Um, so to get to where we're at present day, to kind of close out, and you can sprinkle in anything else you think of along the way. The guy is not well, and I think for a lot of people watching, like. This dude has appeared to have a screw loose for quite some time, right? And I think when you watch the documentary, you see that it's that there's always been something that he's always been different, right? For sure, I think he would, I think he would not only admit that but embrace, embrace that. that. that yeah, he, absolutely. It's something that made him special, yep. right? Yes. Um, yes. And a lot of creatives that have a screw loose, that's how they feel, man. That's their thing. That's what drives them, keeps them who they are, or whatever. And he spoke to like bipolar being his superpower, like that's what the whole album of Ye was about. And there is that huge argument in the mental health community about taking medication that suppresses who you are and your creativity and your ability to feel or being your full self where you're off the meds and you're out there just like, (laughs) you know, teetering on the edge of reality. (laughs) And we've watched this dude publicly battle that back and forth for years and years and it's easy to look at him and judge and say, oh, he's a rich, famous fucking psycho who has no grasp on reality anymore and he's an asshole and let's all make fun of him and gossip about him and blah, blah, blah. And I think when you watch the documentary, this as a Kanye fan, for me, what it gave me was my definitive reason for why he's been the way he's been. For years and years, it's been frustrating. As a guy who loves this music, probably more than any other catalog of music that exists, to watch him suck publicly is frustrating and that's what he's been doing kind of off and on since the taylor swift moment right that was when the real first wave of hate for kanye began yeah, yep, yep. and then it's just been growing and growing with every other instance of psychodrama that he puts out into the world for people to use against him 
but the documentary gave me this definitive look into the break. Like the difference between the audacious creative genius who was changing the game and making timeless music and then the break when his mother passed away and the fame I, I'm not there's not one thing it's two the fame monster and Donda's passing he already fell into the fame monster before she passed away you'd already seen he wasn't letting guys like Cootie come around anymore yep. he was all in on being the most famous person in the world I really think that was one of his goals he yep. wanted more people to know his name and who he was than anybody else living and the break is 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 pretty clear cut and it makes it so I don't have to hate him. So that I can watch, even in the news right now, what's unfolding yeah. is is completely unacceptable. To, to behave the way he is when you have children is completely unacceptable. What the damage he is doing to those kids, to himself, to his ex, to everybody around him. I don't care how toxic the Kardashians are, yep. how fucked up that clan might be, or anybody else. I'm, I don't care about Pete Davidson, frankly. It doesn't matter. Him doing what he's doing is unacceptable. Yeah. You cannot behave that way on Instagram. You cannot harass your ex. I know a little bit about custody stuff and how it goes, and it fucking sucks for everybody. But if there's one of the two people in the custody battle who believes that they're somehow the one getting screwed and they go nuclear like Kanye is, oh baby, it's a mess. And it's not cool for anybody involved. And I genuinely do think he has presented a level of danger to not only Kim and to Pete, but his own kids by shining this much light on it, by giving them this much publicity, by doing all this arguing and screenshotting. And like, yeah. you don't think there are deranged Kanye West fans who are out there ready to break Pete's kneecaps? Yeah. <laughs> I promise you there are. Yeah. I, yeah. I looked at the dude's Instagram comments. It isn't pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Find God. Find God. Find God. Skeet. Find God. Skeet. 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 Find God. Find God. Like it's a mess. They're being harassed, and that is not cool. And I. And, and the only thing about it that makes me not hate him is having seen the documentary and being able to confirm with my own eyes. Okay, yeah, he's mentally unwell. That is a very unwell person, and I'm. Not, and he's one of the richest people on earth. And I'm not sure what you're supposed to do there, because like I said, when you're manic, when you're sick like that, you. Believe you. You don't listen to doctors and your wife or anybody, bro. <laughs> yeah. And if you're Kanye and you'd already built your whole world on your ego, everything around you is a result of you being right. Yeah. Even yeah. when people told you you were wrong. Yeah. When they told you you couldn't rap, when they told you you couldn't make shoes and you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that, and you've always been right. Yeah, it's a huge piece of it. How are you supposed to believe them? Yep. When you're Kanye West, how could you possibly buy anyone else's narrative but your own? Yeah. And that's what we're watching unfold now. And it is, again, sad. Is yeah. it entertaining? Is it is it wildly... I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime type of story, once-in-a-generation type of person? Yes, but it's also very sad. Because it's... it's I don't know that it will end well. It, I'm he, scared it won't. Yeah, he, he's the... Yeah, do you think... Do you think that had his mom not passed, he would have been a lot better off? Or early and tragically, the way that she did, if she had, if she was still alive now, you think we're in anywhere close to this type of situation? No, yeah, not anywhere fucking close. I don't think it ever. I I don't I don't think he ever would have married Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. if his mother was alive. Um, I I just you know you mentioned the fame like the fame monster as well. I, that just to to kind of go back to some of the the just interest pieces that are not quite as dark. Uh, he's so talkative early, you know. 
He just won't. You you, ta- he you won't call, shut the fuck up. You called him annoying. He won't shut up. Hey Pharrell, you're on the way out of the studio. That's tight. Uh, <laughs> one second though, I've got another verse. I'm gonna do acapella really quickly. That's gonna change your fucking life. Yeah. But, uh, he just he he talks and he talks and he talks and like on the in the interviews with MTV when he's sitting next to Puff Daddy, like you just cannot put a cork in this dude. They cut him off and on I, the radio. They're like, we have to go to break, and he's like, how the fuck are you gonna take me to break? Like, how are you gonna muzzle me? And I think uh, and then like. Things change and he gets more famous and his mom dies and that still exists. He's just so angry instead of so optimistic. Yeah. You know, and Dude, it's the like, scene, and, and oh that, my God, that, that, that's, that's a, that's another, that's a piece of the, of the shift, right? Is like you, those personality traits remain, but like the, wh- where your brain like takes them is off is, yeah. is different. So it's, at first it's like, it's ego and confidence and optimism and kind of joy for what you're doing. And then something changes and you still have it, but it's, it's anger and what's the point of and, all this, yeah. blah, all the dark side of it and, all, yeah. and, and the darker and you, and, and now you hate the media and now, you, you know, everybody's like, against you, everybody's against you, but you still like won't shut up. And that, that has obviously gotten him into to, to trouble quite a Dude, bit. The scene uh, where but, Bieber, Bieber is in the studio with him. I don't know if you saw this. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure I made it all the way. To, I, I'm to pretty sure it was in act three. And Bieber's in the studio with Kanye, and it's one of these outdoor studio situations that he's built where it's, like, very informal. It's, like, comparable to the videos you've seen of him in DJ Khaled's studio where it's, like, he's literally just sitting on a stool with a microphone attached to a long cord. Uh There's no screen in front of him, none of the classic rap studio stuff. Um, Bieber's sitting on a couch. You're Kanye. Camera's pointed right at Kanye. Bieber's sitting like three spots down from Kanye facing this way, okay? You get the side profile of Bieber's face as manic Kanye starts to go on a rant that eventually leads to Cootie turning off the camera. And Bieber, his face tells you, it's the same face everyone watching the documentary gets where you're like, oh, fuck, he's not okay. Like, he is not, this guy's not well. Like, he's not right in his mind and you see Bieber sitting there like how much longer am I going to be here like (laughs) am I going to leave this place alive like if what is happening right now you can see him like oh my fucking god I can't believe I let my manager talk me into coming here like going through all that just because I don't think a single person has come into contact with this guy in the last several years that hasn't been like pretty quickly able to tell he's not right yeah and but nobody, I don't think anybody knows what to do. It's like, what do you do? I do yeah, what do, you, what do you? It's do? Kanye. How do you? The the man literally put out a song called "Can't Tell Me Nothing." It, it's, it, you know, I I feel like one of the only things that could change that would that could maybe get him back to some type of level is like not having fame anymore, right? And if he, everybody stopped caring, and he is unfortunately far too famous. For, for that, that to, to be ever possible. happen, it's like over. he is. He will be in the news media and in the twenty-four hour news cycle and in the gossip rags and on the and talked about and like forever. Like this is it's unless he unless he goes like full hermit and literally like moves to the Wyoming ranch and never shows his face again, you know, Chappelle style for yeah. ten years. Well, dude, like I finished that, like that's I that, finished season two of Little Dicky of uh, Dave, Dave. Excuse yeah. me. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the scene where Dave goes to Rick Rubin's Shangri-La. Yeah. And there's some Kanye jokes and you never actually see Rick, but it's all the preparation to make the music. Yeah. I was thinking, because I watched, I finished Dave season two. 
after Genius. And I was thinking, that's where Kanye needs to live. <laughs> he should be in the float tank every day. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah, dude needs yeah. to live in a sanctuary where he cannot be fucked with by the paparazzi because you can tell he keeps trying to find ways to turn the game on itself. Oh, I'll make friends with the paparazzi. But no, then he always ends up fighting another one. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He yeah, keeps yeah. trying to find a way to flip it so that it's not him who's being used by everybody because that's, that's the other thing you get out of the documentary. You can see how his whole career and how really for anybody, I think, that gains that uh, any real level of fame, it suddenly is a whole bunch of people trying to use you. Like, people see the talent, and they either want to work with you because they want to grow their own talent base, or they don't have talent, and they want to work with you so that they can get money too, or yep. they think they can help you, or they want to pitch you on this or sell you on that. And it's, I mean, Dave gets into that as well. But it's just like, you can see how he isolated himself. Like, you can see how these things happen. And it, and it speaks, if you don't like Kanye West, and you're like, I could give a shit about this guy. Well, then you can see what happens to a lot of famous people historically. Like, there's so many instances of famous people over the years doing things that we as regular civilians see and say, that's fucking insane. That mm. person is a lunatic. Well, yeah, but their lives are completely different than ours in a really terrible way. Like, in some ways, it seems better. Maybe it is. But in other ways, I promise you, definitively, it is significantly fucking shittier and harder. Because you have to deal with elements of humanity that were never supposed to exist in the first place where you're exposed to tens of millions of people or however many people through social media and the internet and television and film. And it's just like, that's a lot to take on. It makes you a fucking little bit nut nut yeah. to put it in Kindle terms. But Ye is the ultimate nut nut. Like he is the full blown craziest Pablo Picasso version of a Vincent Van Gogh psycho cut off your own ear type of artist that we will probably ever have. It's yeah. And I, that's another kind of piece that I was thinking about. You know how like, Sometimes we think about politicians and would you ever want to be a politician? Fuck no. For the same reason, man. It's you're dealing with too much bullshit all the time. N nobody that would actually be a good politician, nobody that is cut out for the job, really and truly, that would help, that has a good head on their shoulders. Wants to go do it. Wants to do it. <laughs> no no that and that's that's one of the reasons why pretty much all politicians are total pieces of shit. Because yeah. the only people that want those positions, there's there's something there's something wrong with their with their thought process or their motivation or there's a kernel inside of them that really what it wants is like power, power and money and fame and control yeah, and because all those if you, things. Because if you're smart and have a head on your shoulders and you look at the job and all that comes with it, you yeah, go, you say, nope. absolutely not. So and the so only it, way you get there is if you're willing to accept all of that fucking evil that and comes so with I, it. Yeah, one of the things, I, I'm, you're watching Kanye, especially as he's making college dropout and you see this, this just this cup overfloweth with talent and just like, it's so inevitable. Right. Like some people like, yes, he grinds his ass off and he makes it happen for himself. But you watch him and you're like, the, the, like, there's no stopping this. one way or the other. There is no stopping this. And it, and I, I just I had that same kind of thought where like there was no way that this guy wasn't going to, to become Kanye West, one of the greatest artists of our generation, if not of all time. And it's and and yet he might be one of the worst equipped people to go be famous ever to 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 achieve this level of fame. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it's, it's I agree. It's just, it's, That's it's almost this, the way it works, it's right? It's weird, right. And it's this Like, weird, to get that level of fame, you almost have, you have to be to that be guy. Ill you almost have to be ill-equipped to actually achieve it. And you're not wrong. I mean, when you look at him base level, and you ask yourself, would this man handle fame well? 
<laughs> Everyone laughs at that question because you know it's absolutely not. So, and then the more they pile on, the more he yeah. brings it. That's the other beauty of it is it's like, that's what he wanted. He went and got it. He made that happen. He brought it to himself. And then just like every art, I mean, half of Eminem's catalog is him going, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done this. It was a mistake. <laughs> I can't even use the restroom without somebody standing next to it, trying to get me to sign an autograph. It, it, he, yeah, he even in one of the little voiceovers, you hear one of those comments that he makes where he says he's Shakespeare living. And really, he is a Shakespearean story living. Yes. Like, this is a Shakespearean tragedy. tragedy. Like, yeah. it really, every step of the way, like, this is... I mean, he even gets the girl, he gets on stage and rants about how Walt Disney never had a bad bitch like that in front of you and me in, in Houston mm -hmm. watching the Yeezus show, which is still one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Still the best musical performance I've ever seen in my life, bar none. It was like watching a fucking Broadway play at the same time <laughs> as one of the great rap albums being performed for you. It was just crazy, man. It's like it, he just does, the guy does things that nobody else does yep. in a way that nobody else could. And I think he will continue to do that. What I hope is that he will continue to do that while not negatively impacting the lives of other people around him, like his kids and wife, yeah. ex-wife, whatever. Um, that saga sucks. Everything about the last several years as a Kanye fan has sucked for the same reason. And it's that these are the things you hope your favorite artist doesn't go do, right? But... It's almost like the same inevitability, like the guys who get to that level. I mean, how many different dudes have spoken and women have spoken to this where it's like the higher you go, the more pitfalls, the more people are headhunting for you. And like, I mean, there, this is the re like you when I used to look back at Michael Jackson and all the accusations that surrounded him. And then there were these Michael Jackson fans who adamantly and steadfastly refused to leave his side. Like, to, to acknowledge that anything strange had happened mm -hmm. or had gone on. Which, if you can't admit that at the very least, MJ was living an incredibly weird lifestyle involving a lot of children being <laughs> around him at his happy, magical castle playhouse. playhouse yeah. Then something is wrong with you, too. But now I get it. Now I get it, because one of my dudes has gone off the fucking rails, and I'm having to watch him do something on a daily basis now through Instagram that actively disgusts me. That makes me sick to my fucking stomach. But then I can still go listen to Donna too, and I don't know why I'm able to separate the two. But I mean, on that, some re for the for the first time ever, there is a version of that for me. Now yeah. I don't know where the line is. If he kills I mean, the, somebody, the, it might. The, change. I think that's just a piece of fandom. Is 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 we're always, especially in the in the kind of in the class that we're in, as far as fandom, we are obviously not the the you know neck deep stands on Instagram that are. Find God, find God, and doing the skeet, and just like yeah, yeah. would literally, you know, go full Jonestown for this guy. Yeah, I wish nothing but, bad uh, to happen to Pete Davidson. Just for the record, I do not care. <laughs> but um, for us, it's it's really like because of our relationship with the artist and the art itself. Even more importantly, we're yeah. able to like separate former artists from current artists. We're able to separate the music from the man himself. We're able to separate the sneakers and the clothing from the Instagram stuff. And that's because we're fans and that's, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a gift and a curse, right? Like it's, cause it it's, is. I don't... can't look away. You I can't. The, 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 and I think that I'm, I can speak for both of us when I say this, especially when we watch this guy at, at 20 years old, like on just a man on a mission, like it's hard not to root for him, man. Like he, he it was impossible for me. Impossible he, he does have a lot of, um, He's just so charismatic, and early on, he's so joyful and hopeful about the whole entire thing. Like, and and then he's bringing you 
some of the greatest artistry we've ever seen in our lifetimes anyway. And it's like, yeah, you want you. That's the thing about it. We really, really, really want this guy to get better. I want him right? to win. That that is the at the end of the day. I, you know, as the the thirty five year old core Kanye fans that grew up with this guy and and were at wildly influenced by him, we just want him. To, we just want to see this guy be normal again. We want him to uh, to achieve some level of 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 peace. Yeah. If you made with, me pick, you know, if you made me pick between ever getting another decent, listenable Kanye album again, or seeing him completely return to what seems to be a healthy, sane, happy place, yeah, no question about it. I do not need any more tunes, bro. No. We're good. He gave us several albums that I will listen to for the rest of my life. I would much prefer we get a version of him back that could speak to the experience. Yeah. Instead of this yeah. this this sad story of of I mean where he's like seemingly got nothing left. Yeah, and like, and like I mean, yeah, that, especially now because it, nobody wants this to end in the worst way as possible. Yeah. Right? Which like is like I mean pretty regularly we have signs that point toward that being a possibility. Like yeah. it's not Without its red flags, this situation, and uh, that's one of the things that makes it so difficult. And I think that just the whole look, this bubble he built the last few months was intentional, right? He's one of the great marketers in the history of marketing. The genius release in conjunction with a season of Yeezy clothing, in conjunction with twenty different Yeezy Adidas shoes coming out, all at the fucking same time as Donda Two, and the and the massive live performances, all this shit in the stem player nonsense that i have <laughs> from the first one which just makes it even sadder um it was it's all intentional and on some level he's that, that's what makes me hopeful if he still has the ability to execute all that crazy as he seems to be yeah and i mean that with all due respect then maybe he can get his shit all the way back together like you know what i mean but yeah. then every day i get on instagram and i'm like oh never mind <laughs> Never mind, he's making more memes of him and Pete <laughs> Davidson. I mean this with all due respect. If I'm Kanye West and my ex goes and dates Pete Davidson next, I am fucking relieved. The other options aren't good. What if it was Drake? What if it was another rapper? Then we've got fucking problems. Then I'm pissed. But Pete Davidson? You're seeing that as a threatening situation for you for the rest of your life moving forward? Are you fucking... It's just that he's butthurt. That's yeah, it. He looks yeah. like a little baby because he's harassing this chick because he's sad that she won't come back and do what he wants. Right, right. And that shit makes me just more sad. Yeah. More sad. We, we need to stop because it's just the sadness part now. <laughs> it's the sadness part And that's now. the other thing. Act three was like Godfather part three. I watched it, but like... I was thinking about the first two parts. <laughs> Most of Act Three, I was there, thinking there, about Acts One and Two. Look, man, the the yeah, just to return to to the to the high notes as yeah. we wrap it up here. There are a few th there are a few like just like hip hop moments of things, and we're we're, we're obviously huge hip hop fans that that I'll just like watch over and over and over again. Two that immediately come to mind: the final rap battle in the movie Eight, Eight Mile. Mile. Yeah, all timer. I could just watch that. You know, once a week, and I'd be very happy about it. The whole it. movie's great. Uh, I think I, I I made allusions to this, but now that you finish, I can I can speak to it a little bit further. I have watched the final ten minutes of the last episode of Dave like a dozen times because it gets me so high. Wa like watching Dave, the build and, to the performance. Yes, yeah. and Dave and Dave get on stage, get on stage together, and like drop the banger. By the way, Lil Dicky, Dave Bird, drop the fucking music, dude. 
Yeah, what's going what on What is there? going on? Why are you putting all this dope-ass music in your show and then not giving us that actual music on the side? Your boy Bo Burnham was able to do it. I think he's... Put a bunch of great music in the movie. Put it out on an album on Spotify. I, I think he's maybe as eclectic as the show puts off. G- give me the, the tracks, dude. I want to listen to that song. Uh, and then... Um, so that that's one. And then, yeah, the, the, the second act where, where Kanye is just like bopping around the studio, begging for studio time from... Goddamn Ludacris and Pharrell. And Scarface. And Scarface and Jamie Foxx. Big old Scarface too, bro. Like 200 pounds more Scarface than there are now. And then like later, like, and then, oh, oh and then, oh yeah, don't forget, like John Legend just like pops up in the background a couple of times. <laughs> Cootie's, Cootie films uh, one of his albums for him. <laughs> one of the creation of his. Uh, he's singing Ordinary People on yeah. the fucking piano. That shit like that is like, I don't think people, if you don't love music, maybe it doesn't ring or under, you don't understand what, but that shit isn't supposed to be on camera. That's what, right. Right, and I, that, that shit's not supposed to exist. That's my that's my beyond all the sadness and 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 personal Kanye life stuff. That's my big takeaway from the thing. It's just like I'm so happy that this guy was there recording for the college dropout sessions and 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 for those first few years because it's it's phenomenal to watch that stuff back now. What a gift! I saw. Yeah. Look, leading up to the documentary's release, it was really difficult to tell what we were going to get here. Yeah, like. I had no. Clue. I know Kanye yeah. was at one point basically saying like, "You can't even put that out unless I get final cut on everything," which they did not give him. Which I can't wait to hear the story on how that went down. And I feel like I feel like he still showed up to the premiere though. He may. Have, I think he took Julia Fox. Yeah. Um. Back when they were pretending to date for uh-huh. a short few weeks there, uncut jams. Um, uncut jams. But uh, <laughs> she was Josh Safdie's muse. You may remember Julia Fox. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For yeah. uncut jams. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what quite what we were going to get. And and man, I'm still... I mean, you and me sitting here getting to enjoy talking about it together for the first time because we, yeah. we've been waiting for this podcast. It, I still can't believe it. Like, that this dude had a camera on Kanye West for 21 years, mostly off and on, is uh, is unbelievable. I'm thankful for some... Like, that's the level... I'm like, I'm thankful that we have this because, again, as a fan of the dude that has really struggled... Um, with maintaining that fanhood over the past several years off and on. I've come and gone. I've been pissed. It's like being a fan of a sports team at this point. Right, like yeah, yeah. Very, season yeah. to season with this dude. Now we just um, need to find out who has the tapes from the Hawaii sessions for Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. I need to see that. I can't, dude, not, t- I guarantee you he regrets not having Cootie with him, like, through the years where he had just hit it. Yeah. And now yeah. he was making crazy. Because, like, that was the only heartbreaking takeaway for me. I mean, the really shitty missing piece was that we didn't get my beautiful dark twisted fantasy the way we got did, college dropout did you get the sense that one of the reasons why he essentially like spurns cootie is because cootie reminds him of his mom in like, part like, but it happened from before that, that i think it was it was fame monster into into wanting to be away from things that reminded him of donda too well but but when he film when he's in the studio to film glc i believe it is and he and that and he says like it's the first time where you I told felt, him to turn off the camera. Un, yeah, and I felt unwanted. Right. Like that I wasn't supposed to be there. I think that's post Donda. Donda yeah. death. And maybe, maybe that was why. Um, the original separation, I think, was the fame monster. And then I think 
that just post Don to death, probably everything seemed so broken to him that when he looked at Cootie filming, it definitely did. It maybe not so much reminded him of Donda, but reminded him of the time when his mom was still alive. Yeah. When they started the documentary, when he started his journey, and all he hoped it would be. Cootie was filming stuff for his mom. All the that, yeah, that, you man. know what I mean. That's that's how we get like some of those check ins over those years where he's where he's not around as much as because he's it's because. Common is bringing him in, or or, or Donda's bringing him in to film stuff. So John just, Legend bringing him in. Yeah, yeah, I just I got the sense that like it was just a, a reminder that Kanye didn't really want. Yeah, and I mean I think he's probably he probably at that point was in a bad place, but still very aware of it. Yeah, and was like I don't want people to see this. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas now I think he doesn't have a clue that yeah. he's as lost as he is. That, that watching him ramble with those three old white dudes on the deck of like some Cabo hotel or whatever that was, was one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. Cause I was just like, I mean, it, as a human being, you evaluate the story and you go, Oh, well, so then that's not the goal, right? Like success and money and fame aren't the goal. Because if that guy got all those things, he worked all that hard, had the perfect story and got all those things, and he's that miserable prick rambling to three old white dudes who could clearly give a fuck about him. <laughs> like, they're, like, laughing along. This dude's sputtering incoherent nonsense. Then then maybe that's not what I should be shooting. But that's, that's an interesting piece of, like, the whole successful artist thing to me. Mm-hmm. Is that it, it's... These successful artists always bitch about it after the fact. I made it, and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah, like every yeah. fucking time. It's like getting what you wanted actually ruins the thing you loved. You know who doesn't seem like that's happened to? Snoop Dogg. There, I'm not saying there aren't <laughs> exceptions to the rule. I'm saying it's most of them, though, yeah, right? Like, yeah. there are definitely a shit ton of successful mu- musicians who I look at now post-prime. The ones that are yeah. most tortured by their own creativity and to use to, you know, genius yeah. are the ones that this happens to. You're right. When you're when you're just like a talented guy rapping about gin and juice and then like starting weed brands and hanging out with Martha Stewart, life seems pretty chill. God, what it, it's tough to <laughs> it's tough, really, really tough to look at the board and select a celebrity you'd more rather have their career than Snoop. Like yeah. he really does have the ultimate, like semi-retired, yeah, life. Like yeah. just doing f- the fun sh- and announcing like wrestling events and. Weird boxing matches with Jake Paul. Jake Paul. <laughs> Just blowing trees, dude. That's Snoop's life. Yeah. Anyway, Genius Acts 1, 2, and 3 were all uh, very watchable. Um, let Barrett and I know what you thought about him. At Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram. At WR Bolin for me on Twitter and Instagram. At Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Twitter for the show. Tweet at us and let us know what you uh, what you thought about the, the, the whole thing. The whole shebang. What? What are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm not sure it's been recording for the last ten minutes. There was a oh, that's but, okay. This but hopefully backup this, will get this backup guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's smart. Good to have a backup. Got the backup. We got the technology. Sorry, the files. I just, I, I, the files are in the computer. The, well, yeah, and it was complaining about the files here on the roadcaster. Oh. So yeah, oh. if the last ten minutes is is like a weirder quality, then then, then apologize. we apologize. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not though. We love y'all. We'll see you soon. Appreciate you. Thanks for supporting us. Go to bowlinmedia.com/shop to get yourself some OCC merch. Barrett and I will be back soon. Bye-bye.